Yeah, she gon' grip me when I land Big bands, really big bands Money still coming, need another rubber band Big bands, really big bands I don't know what the fuck get the money like man. Get money. Get, get money going. Get money. You need to be getting get money. money. All right. If you think you're the toughest, smartest person in any particular room, get out. Get the hell out of that room. <laughs> you need people around you who are smarter. Sometimes in the case of Bella Cheat, in the case of Carol, in the case of Nick Satan, you need somebody younger. So I got somebody a lot tougher, smarter. <laughs> Than I am, Jim. Jim is a Hall of Fame fantasy football national champion. He gives out the best information. Now, the most expensive advice is the wrong advice. So we made profit first weekend of the playoffs. Four and one start. Second half, Tampa Bay. We told you the second half line in Tampa Bay. Told you Tampa Bay is going to cover, and they did. All right. So, Jim, thank you for joining us. And, man, you know, like that Michael Scott in The Office. You ever watch that show? I did not. No. He has a line in it. You have to watch that show. One of the greatest all-time shows. Great uh, vehicle, right, to set up your your wife and daughter during the off-season. You can watch them all together, family show, right? And that will give you equity during football season for the excessive hours. Watch football. But he has a line in there, Michael Scott, main protagonist of the show. He says, I'm not superstitious, but I am stitious. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> so we got profit the first week. We had you on. We have to go through the same process. First, make sense of things because it is a process. That's why we win so much. That's why we were able to win in multiple sports because you know, in the absence of being super intelligent and all the resources that Elon Musk has, we have to have a system, a process, right? And part of that process is having people like Jim, collaborating with people like Jim, who are smarter, tougher than us, to give us insight because we're competing against the casino, we're competing against other sports bettors, right? We're competing against uh, the lies being told by the media, I was on uh, the Detroit game. We were uh, had a like a Zoom thing, and somebody says, "Oh, I can't believe what Chris Collinsworth says." I said, "Turn off," because it's messing up your hand clutter your brain. So, thank you, Jim, for decluttering our brains from all the nonsense out there as we get into this game. What are your first thoughts? Well, last week was a waste of time, and except for the money making part of it and watching right. it, it was a waste of time. But five right. of those six games were not competitive, and there's 13 playoff games. And the right. fact that five of them were a waste of time, that's sad because there's nothing like good NFL playoff football. Fortunately, no. we did get a good game between the Lions and the Rams, but that right. was it. Nothing right. else was fun. Right. And before we move on, let me ask you this, and I'll, I'll give you my opinion. I like your opinion before we move on quickly. Uh, I think the NFL uh, entertainment and talent has been watered down. And this is not good football. You had, you know, it's funny because Todd Monken, which we're going to talk about now, play action pass. Todd Monken, probably, in my opinion, the best offensive coordinator in football. He wins three national titles with Georgia. Through the mafia connections in college, he's now with Harbaugh. 
the, fo the Harbaugh football mafia family. Brother just won the national title. Mike McDonald, the defensive coordinator, was formerly the defensive coordinator of your Michigan Wolverines. But I digress. My point with Todd Monken is that his quarterback in college was Nick Mullins. And Nick Mullins, David Blau, Trevor Simeon, <laughs> uh, Nate Peterman, they're all in the same part of my brain, right? Because, you know, sometimes you'll call somebody, I'll call David Blau, Nate Peterman, because they're on the same side of my brain. They're all the same guy, and they're all mediocre. And I think that's analogous to what's going on in the NFL and to what you just alluded to. What are your thoughts, Jim? Yeah, I agree with that. And like you mentioned with quarterbacks, just been a lot of bad quarterback play this year. Defenses right. right now are ahead of the offenses for sure. Now the referees are playing a big role in things this year too. Ineligible downfields, right. more holding calls. Those are drive killers. And, and boy, it was interesting. There were still a number of those calls last week, but I hope they start going down. But there were some games the referees let the defenders play. There were other games they didn't. And again, the lack of consistency across the board, it, it makes it a little bit difficult sometimes to handicap these games if we don't know what we're going to get. When some coaches realize the game's going to be played a certain way, I, look, the Lions-Rams, the Lions coaching staff understood how the, the refs were going to not blow the whistle on interference right. calls. So they got in and they got after it. The Rams didn't get the memo. No. They did not do that and to their disadvantage. That's that's again that that shouldn't be a part of the game, but unfortunately it is. It is, and again, uh, there's no reason to get any game wrong unless you don't have enough research, and that's why Jim is so huge. He does sixty hours a week on research. Before I even met Jim, I used to put him on YouTube, and he was going through fantasy football stuff that was analogous to sports betting. That's how much knowledge Jim has. So, the sports betting process we use here. What have you done for me lately, right? The Sopranos has said that the worst form of conversation is remember when. <laughs> <laughs> right? The Spring Sing song, you know, glory days. You know, that's the worst. What have you done? So this year, going into week 19, Jim, you know how coming. Literally, there's there were two to three weeks people could dispute where whether there was profit or not. But it was disputable. It was in the middle, it was a plus money bet here, second line bet here. It created a profit. But we could say, okay, it was in the middle. But 16, including last week, undisputed over 52.5%. All right. Now, there's a, hey, there's a valid argument, and you know we can get on both sides of it, that at 42.5%, if you're hitting enough plus money bets, you're still making profit. But we're going to be... We're going to, to avoid arguments, right? It's a polarized society that likes to argue all the time. Listen to the podcast to understand and then argue. Don't listen to the podcast to start arguing, right? So it's compound interest. We're compounding profit every week. So there's no excuse. So the refs, you got to know the rest assignment. If it's Bart, if it's Tolbert, the black guy, to make it easier, you got the thicker black guy with the glasses, if it's him, you can see a lot of penalties. And what the NFL's designation legally, Roger Goodell's a lawyer. So the legal designation of the NFL has shifted from sports to entertainment, meaning that Jim and I can't bring a lawsuit over a referee call that we feel he intentionally made wrong that made the league money. 
fiduciary responsibility. I have a fiduciary responsibility to make my clients money. If I don't, they might have a legal claim. They could try to put me in jail or whatever. The referee's job is to make the NFL money. They have a fiduciary responsibility, not legally, to get the play right. That's a moral, might be an ethical issue, but it's not a legal issue. That there's no consequences for that. Does it happen? We don't know. But we do know that we have to consistently cash tickets in order to watch it Texas amounts of football. So the wife gets a Louis Vuitton purse, can pay for gas, can pay for groceries, based as a direct result of Jim and I watching football. It's a beautiful thing, right? When you get it rolling. So that's the way you got to look at the rest. What are the rest assignments? No excuses. Find out. Who the refs are. So our system, let me know what you think before we get rolling. The way I do it, the way it's been successful, is you look at the lines. First of all, I review, right? What games did I get right because it was pure luck? What games did I got wrong where the patient died but the operation was partial? So it's a 20% luck factor. Highest level of probability is 80%. So you go through that review. Then you look at the lines. Something jumps out and you need your reaction. Go ahead and bet it right away. Especially Jim and I. Jim and I um, have been watching football for a combined 108 years. So if something jumps out at us, we go ahead and we do it. All right? Then I do it on Wednesday. 80 to 90% of my picks are done on Wednesday before, depending on what I think the line's going to be. If I think there's a market inefficiency, and half hour before a game, this game is going to be, people are going to bet the overs. They're drunk. They're high. <laughs> at the casinos, at the sports books, <laughs> betting overs and favorites, right? I've, I had it done. Hey, hey, man, yes, see you win here. Uh, yeah, you, know, you should bet the dog in this. Oh, I don't care. Here, here's St. Grand Josh. Get all the drink tickets and put, put it on the over and the favor. Okay, whatever. So you just do it, all right? What do you think, Jim, before we get rolling into uh, the play-action pass? Of the Baltimore Ravens. Well, unfortunately, I think the games are going to be largely non-competitive this week, but we still got to bet on them. So let's get at it. it that's when, they, like last night, people were like, "That game was horrible." I'm like, "What? I love that game last night." Made your money. <laughs> the Tampa Bay Buccaneers on the money line. All right, so Texans are going to line up the way everybody's lining up this year, right? It is the four-two-five. Defense. So, what is the four two five? Let's look at it right here as uh, they get into it. You got one, two, three, four down linemen. You have two linebackers, and you have nickel coverage. And they sit back in zone. That Detroit zone was horrible, wasn't it? Just letting the Rams go up and down the field. Lucky they won that game. Uh, but they sat in the same defense the whole game. They got they got away with that. Right, you wouldn't get away with that in the football Jim and I grew up with, <laughs> but now they are right. So they're lining up in the four two five. This is Miami Tua with a scripted play. Now this is basically an illegal pick play, but are the refs going to call it to Jim's point or not? What is the crew going to say? Right, there's crews that would have called uh, offensive holding right over here on, on this side or a pick play or illegal contact. All right. So you're talking about the play action pass as we see. We're going to get into a Lamar play action pass. 
Again, again, watch this. Because people are like, oh, what are you talking about? Uh, let's see. If, yeah, I'll, I'll bring it back. One. Now, you'll notice they're in 11 personnel. They got three receivers. They got two stacked on the left. And this is important because people think Mark Andrews was bad. People are saying, oh, they got to go to 12 personnel, two tens. And I'd say, look, no, they're not doing that. They dictate box counts with the three receivers. And they're also going to use play action to leverage the defense. Exactly. Now, one, two, three, four, two. You can align them in 100 different ways. And this the way that you line up in here really doesn't mean anything. You can play man, you can play zone, you could do all kinds of variables, but it's a good starting point because all that we use for technical analysis here is for sports betting purpose, not this who's going to win them or what, but looking at the total. So uh, he's looking at the defense and knowing now this is killing me, Jim. What are your, your thoughts on this? This guy standing up on the corners, especially if you're Aiden, uh, Aiden, or the, the guy uh, for um, Detroit. Aiden Hutchinson, yeah. Aiden Hutchinson. You're, you're telegraphing, right, that you're going to pass block. If you get your hand in the dirt, it gives you an option. It gives you more leverage for a run play. What do you think, Jim? So there's two sides of the coin here. Correct on that front. The other front is that defender a lot of simulated pressures in the league today. Is uh, he's he going to come? Is he going to drop back into coverage? Right. By the end, the tight end showing I'm going out into a route potentially that because compromises that edge rusher into saying, well, if I come in and pass rush, they might throw the screen right behind me. So they got to be cognizant of that as well. All right. So in handicapping these playoff games, can your quarterback read defenses. And I think hopefully Lamar doesn't get into this, but he wants to prove a point, right? He wants to prove that black people are smart and they can read defenses, which is stupid. This guy is a 4.0 student. He doesn't have to prove anything to anybody. Has a $200 million contract. I would say, don't try to prove anything to anybody. Run if you have to. You know, you got nothing to prove, man. And if somebody doesn't think black people are smart, they are super racist. There's nothing going to do to change their priorities. No matter how good you are at reading defense. But I digress. Jalen Hurts last night could not read the Todd Bowles uh, zone blitz, right? Neither could Mahomes. We bet on that consistently. We made money. We made money. I remember Jim, Jim and I were talking about this. At, we did a podcast too on this. We made money when we made the determination that Lamar could not read defenses against McDermott, right? And he, and what happened? He missed underneath coverage, pick six. So here's your play action pass. Uh, you play action what? To, to see who's coming? There's a number of reasons. Uh, one is you try to freeze the linebackers. And see, the linebackers, they, they bit up. Right. Well, that When they bite up, you could get a route that goes behind them. But right. also with Lamar Jackson, depending where they go, he has many options. He could decide to run. Um, right. it, it gives him a lot of options. It shows, it, again, it, it just forces the defense to be on their heels instead of on their toes. And it buys them a little extra time for the rush, too. All right, so your point, both these guys are standing up. This guy's coming, right? This guy's coming, and this guy seems very confused. So that's the other thing about the playoffs. Who can keep their composure? And, and who can communicate and keep their communication going? But 
you made the point that Fangio's defense was complicated, and this was a few weeks ago. So even though it's complicated, maybe these guys got it now. It's the beginning of the game. It seems kind of nervous. And boom, wide open. So now the funny thing is on play action, your best area of attack is usually the middle of the field because that's where the safeties and the linebackers bite up. Right. But in this case, they had an advantage by, you know, see, on 25 misread the play too. So they got a real nice opportunity. He got him up on a safety, but they did get him the bite on an inside move. But usually you want to attack the middle on play action. Bateman, of course, didn't hang on to that ball, but that's another story for another day. That was his problem all year. Yeah. But their offense is rolling. Uh, I think to confidence level of the coordinator. So Todd Mikins won. Uh, I would say Georgia went eleven and one. They went twelve and one, and then fourteen and zero his two seasons. So basically, ninety percent of the games he's coached, uh, he's won. So the confidence level as a play caller throughout the week, whatever, it's through the charts. And I say that because I've had, you know, head coaches said, oh, yeah, my, my coordinator freeze in the press box, you know. That happens a lot more than what we, you know, suddenly they're calling plays and suddenly, you know, quarterback's confused, da-da-da. It's because the coordinator's frozen. He's not talking. They rip the headphones off of him and the assistant starts talking, blah, blah, blah. They don't show us that, but it happens a lot more than what we think. So in this game, you got – Baltimore nine and a half point favorites against CJ Stroud in the Houston. So Houston attacking the Ravens defense. I think it's a big mismatch, right? Yeah. And the, back to the play action. The reason we showed the play action clip was Houston has been extremely susceptible to play action all season. One of the worst defensively against play action. Their linebackers, their safeties have the biggest issue with that. And you could really exploit them. They play zone like 88% of the time. No, 82% of the time. I'm sorry. And within that, so their outside corners are very good. But in a zone, they're not playing man-to-man. And your whole goal is to find areas to attack in the field. So I think that Todd Munkin with his play-action game, this is perfectly suited to attack the weakness of the Houston defense. And because of Lamar's mobility and the RPO element he could take into it as well, but you know, I mean, I shouldn't call it RPO. If he has to just run off it, that's problematic. Other side of the ball, you talk about C.J. Stroud. Now, look, we're not going to argue. C.J. Stroud's a superstar. I got nothing. I got nothing. But, and Bobby Slowick dynamic offensive coordinator. The right. receivers were wide open last week. You think Indigo Collins got missed on an easy 60-yard touchdown. Dalton Schultz dropped a long pass. His touchdown, nobody near him. The 60 right. 76-yard screen, uh, the other tight end, um, Brevin Jordan, nobody near him. Great coordinator. Here's the problem. They're playing Baltimore this week. Right. And no Tank Dell, who's been out for a couple months. No Noah Brown on right. IR now. At some point, you need the horses out there to move the offense. Nico Collins is a star, but he is going to see a lot of attention. Now, Dalton Schultz, instead of being the number three option, he's the number two. It's fine as a number three option, but as a number two, not so much. Can C.J. Stroud play Superman and overcome it? Maybe. But the Ravens' defense is for real. They neutered the 49ers. And if you could neuter the 49ers in a similar offensive system, Slowick, Shanahan, same tree, I don't see a world – I won't say I don't see a world – it's improbable right. that Stroud is able to shred this defense. Right. <laughs> and it didn't work out last week. But 
with a week more to prepare all season long, bidding a, a veteran defensive coordinator versus a young quarterback. Uh, the 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 defensive coordinators went out. In this case, uh, listening to uh, the Texans radio, their offensive lines beat up. So after playing a playoff game, while yep. the Ravens have been resting, twenty days off for the key players. Right, and McDonald's a smart guy. That's why he's there. That's why he was. He got a million dollars to be a defensive coordinator in college. Now he's making two point five million dollars as a defensive coordinator. They're not just handing out money for nothing. So I see this as an obvious mismatch. So when it's like that, you got to bet it right away. So you got to bet uh, Ravens minus nine and under forty four because I don't think. Houston's going to score. Agreed on that. Yeah. And, um, right. The offensive mismatch, the defensive advantage, the 20 days off, this really does play well. And Baltimore is a team. They have blown out a number of good teams this year. Right. So this is not a team that, you know, coughs up a lead late. No, they put their foot down until this game is out of hand. And I do think that they have so many advantages their way. This is a strong, strong, strong number one seed. Big time, big time. And the whole Renaissance weekend coaches clinics in the off season. All right. Uh, there's a reason the brother won the national title and then the, the other brother has the number one seed. There's so many details, so many things going on that they're collaborating with each other. Like Jim and I, that's what we're stealing for. You're stealing for the Harbaugh mafia family. So the next game we're going to look at again, lining up four, two, five. How is green Bay going to attack? that 49er defense, because I think that's going to be interesting. Then supposedly Renaissance weekend, right here, maybe 20 minutes away from me, Sean McVay, uh, the the LaFleur's Mike, and the other guy who's the head coach here, and Chan, yeah, LaFleur, they yeah. all go on a boat. They have they all fish together, have a Renaissance weekend where they talk about offense. So now they're going against each other. So what are these guys disclosing that might not be good, right? <laughs> Man. Playing against each other, 4-2-5. What do you think, Jim? Four, so Green Bay they, offense against the 49ers defense. Yeah, Green Bay, they have fortunately been able to ride Aaron Jones the last four games. Their right. offense is completely different when he is the lead back. Now, A.J. Dillon's been out. AJ, I don't know if he plays. The problem is if AJ Dillon's active, they love to give him 10, 11 carries and it kills their offense. So if he's active, be nervous. Aaron Jones gives them a chance to get the play action game going because they have a credible run game. Now, the deal in this game, people are going to look at the the full entirety of the season. They're going to say, oh, 49ers can't stop the run. Right. To a degree. What happened was when they traded for Chase Young in the the second, um, third of the season, well, all of a sudden they had. Four strong defensive linemen that all required attention from the offensive line. When the four of them were together, all of a sudden, the linebackers, Fred Warner and Dre Greenlaw, and even Oren Burks to a degree, were freed up to do much more damage. They became a much better run defense once they added Chase Young to the defensive edge. That was huge for them. And so this is not a great match. The Packers are not a great run-blocking offensive line. Now, Pass blocking, they're very good, but they have a weakness at center. Now, usually other teams that don't have a great pass rush, you could slide protection and help them. 
The case of the 49ers, I think Eric Armstead's coming back from five weeks off with a foot injury. We have Javon Hargrave on the inside. We've got Bosa. We've got Chase Young. They can't slide protection. There is no – if you slide protection, you're letting Chase Young or Bosa walk in your backfield. Can't right. do that. The Packers have a great group of about five receivers to two tight ends who all can contribute. 49ers, because they don't have to cover as long, they have gotten plus coverage from their top four cornerbacks and their top two safeties. Overall, Green Bay have some, has some pass to move it. I am very nervous about them having consistent offensive success against this specific unit. I agree. That's why this, this total at 50 and a half is one of those totals because you look at uh, San Francisco, right? Silicon Valley, these people bet – the over and save a million dollars in each game, they they drive the line up. They have to, right? Uh, so if you can get a class, uh, bet it now. Bet the under now, 51 under. And if you get it under 52, which is the key number, 52 and a half, you're doing even better. The spread in this game is, again, it's going to be nine. I kind of like Green Bay to sneak in a backdoor touchdown at the end. Meaningless touchdown because you don't want to take chances with Purdy. Because this is another one before we do rapid fire the next two games. We'll go fast. Uh, I don't think Purdy's that good. I think he's there not to mess up the defense, the whole so-called quote, quote, game manager stuff, and not screw things up. Or like my wife will tell me, Josh, things are going to do good. Don't fuck it up. All uh-huh. you do now is fuck things up. <laughs> I think oh that's God. Purdy nice. as a coach. <laughs> as, a, as, a, as a quarterback, what are your thoughts on Purdy and uh, the nine and to, a to a degree, I agree. But against the Packers' defense, not an issue. Packers are soft in the middle. Last week, they were able to set up against Dallas. Dallas is the one-dimensional team. They can't run. Pollard put up bottom numbers, but he cannot sustain a running game. Right. Dallas was not big throwing to the perimeter. So basically Barry had enough of a game plan to be able to slow that down. The problem with the 49ers is if you do sell to stop the middle of the field, Ayuk kills you on the outside. You get McCaffrey to the edge. They have four superstars and the Packers are not a good enough defense to slow much of that down. Purdy's not going to be under a lot of pressure. There will be play action there. If they right. sell out again, every day, a drag routes with Debo that that's they, they are over their heads. 49ers should score it well against them. All right. Uh, yeah, but I like, I guess, so the play here that I like right away, New York, would be that under. And tomorrow, I'll give out all the picks. Tampa Bay at the Lions. We think the Lions should blow them out. Bet the minus under six at the center of our voice. The total again, I, I love an under here. Oh, man. Bet this at the center of our voice right away. 49, under 49. It's not getting me up there. That Tampa Bay offense sucks. You know, it was just the the, the whole Eagle defense, whole team was hurt. Yes. Look, Josh, this Tampa Bay defense, they had a must-win at Carolina in Week 18. They kicked right. three field goals. They couldn't score a touchdown. The right. prior week, they played the Saints. Until they were blown out in the fourth quarter, they didn't score a single point. They had two garbage-time touchdowns when the game was out of hand. Philly, like you said, Philly does not – they lay down. Right. People are looking at that game and making this a six-point line. I don't know. The Bucs are going to be in a lot of trouble here. Baker Mayfield takes a lot of hits every week. I know they have advantages at outside corner against their receivers, but Mayfield took four sacks yesterday. He is going to be under duress, and the mistakes are going to come. They can't run the ball either. They cannot run against a good run defense. They're not moving the ball consistently here. 
Yeah, and and then they call this a stadium game. Uh, the Bills need a stadium. And the refs are going to give them the calls against the Chiefs. You know, Swift's going to be there dancing. Uh, so give me uh, Buffalo. Another game that I love the under because Kansas City defense, offense, even though Taylor Swift is there, Taylor Swift cannot throw the ball or catch the ball or block. <laughs> nope. Nope. So hey, Josh, can I, can I add something to that game, though? Sure, sure. Don't bet this one early because the injuries on defense, more than half of the starting defense is injured. Middle linebacker Terrell Bernard, I, uh-huh. There's like no way he's playing. His backup, Balen Spector, he got hurt. Tyrell Dodson, their outside linebacker, he missed the game. We don't know if he's going to play. All three of their corners are hurt. Taron Johnson left with a concussion. That's a 50-50 at best deal. Christian Benford suffered an injury. It looks like there's a good chance he doesn't play. Rasul Douglas missed this game with a knee injury. They're hopeful he plays. So if they are missing five defenders and they're all in that middle to the back end of that defense, right. that could be a real problem. I agree with everything else you said. I just want you to be cognizant of those injuries are very significant. And there's a rest advantage because the Chiefs played on Saturday. Okay. The Bills played on Monday. So Got you're it. right about all your analysis. Just just think about those before you finalize. Oh, yeah, the 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 Buffalo one. Yes. Yes. Uh, yeah, no, I was thinking Tampa Bay. But Buffalo, uh, it's minus two and a half, and then the total is 46 and a half. It's just that two things, right? It'll be interesting. And I'll, and I'll give out the pick tomorrow. Uh, styles make fights. So yep. uh, Buffalo, McDermott, uh, Reed Disciple, right? will run the ball with an advantage, especially if the defense is depleted. You want to run the ball and run clock because you don't want those backups on the field too or too much, especially against Kansas City. Kansas City, losers kick field goals. Winners score touchdowns. And Kansas City loves field goals because Andy Reid is like, you know, let the other team make a mistake. That's how I want to win. I don't want to be aggressive like McDaniel. McDermott is like, let make the other team make mistakes. So we're going to have all these blockers out here, tight formations. We're going to be doing this all day to to save the legs of the defense. Final thoughts. Okay. Again, I, I'm with you on these. I think it's a big favorite weekend. Right. The Lions, the Ravens, the 49ers. Um, you are good on the Bills, but again, we got to check those injuries come Friday because again, if half of their defense is down. Yeah, and you can't be. pick all favorites. You got to pick, okay, which dog I think is going to. Yeah, and so, and, and man, the mismatches the favorites have, it makes it really hard. And, I, and with your picks, you're going with the favorites of these games. Right. Um, so and, the and one, You know me, I'm, I love dogs. Yeah, so, and that's telling us a lot. What right. we saw in the first weekend of the playoffs, that's indicative of the NFL season. It's a league right, right now, the haves and the have-nots. Right. And that's going to crystallize this weekend. And you make a good point. The dog, in this, so in this situation, if people just want to bet favorites and you're sitting there on Sunday, right? This is one where you can bet both sides of this. Let's say I bet the Bills minus two now mm-hmm. and then bet the Chiefs plus four at game time. <laughs> it's just all about the Benjamins, right? Yep. Your, your wife wants to see that Louis Vuitton purse for all that football you're watching. 
Well, final oh. thoughts, Bim. Thank you again, man. Great stuff. Great stuff. Because we're making money. This is actual. It's not idle time. We're making. No. Yeah. Thanks for having me. If um anybody wants my divisional round notes later on Tuesday afternoon on my X profile at Jim Coverage NFL, I will have pinned there directions. You have to retweet and like it. And I will send you a link to read those notes. So those will be available anybody for free. If you want more football analysis, I'll be in Sirius XM Fantasy Sports Channel 87, Saturday 87. 1 to 3, yeah, 87. Yeah. And actually pregame show on Sunday, um, that'll be also 1 to 3. So 1 to 3 Saturday and Sunday this week. That'll be good. I have the Rotowire YouTube show that goes on um, 11 a.m. throughout three days a week. You can catch that on the replay. But um, yeah, that's where you can find me too. Yeah, no, totally. And we'll have links to everything. You don't have a Jim does in mind. I'll have I'll take it from Max and I'll put them on the website for the people that go on the website can read the notes for the upcoming game. Yeah, you can share those out. Absolutely. Those, yeah, definitely feel free to do that with your base. All right. So, you know, World War Three starting. We see you on the bombing in the Middle East. But who got us through World War II was Winston Churchill. Fire set chats like Zelensky had. And he said one point that, you know, it could go either way. You could be like Bill Parcells, be a complete mobster. And, oh, yeah, I gave a player $2 million. Well, yeah, because you guys are mobsters. You could do that, have 15 wives, 14 girlfriends, like you, ah. and live a very happy life. But Jim and I choose to do it the other way. It's <laughs> just a success. Mm. When you give one, you always get 10 back. And it's yes. not philanthropy or religion. It's business. You make a living from your labor, what you do for work, but you make a life from what you give. Thank you for listening to the SBC Podcast Network.